Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby. I'm the host, Zibby Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Zivyverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Zivyverse, and we're going with it. Go to zivyowens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at zivyowens. The following was a conversation held at Zivi's Bookshop, my independent bookstore in Santa Monica, California, and it was really fabulous, and I think you all should hear it. It was between Hazel Hayes and Aparna Nancherla. Hazel Hayes is an Irish-born, London-based author and director who for many years wrote primarily for the screen. Having graduated from Dublin City University with a degree in journalism, she went on to study creative writing at the Irish Writers' Center before honing her craft as a screenwriter through numerous short films and sketches. Her eight-part horror, Prank Me, won Series of the Year at SITC, as well as the Award for Excellence in Storytelling at Buffer Festival in Toronto. Out of Love was her first novel, and Better by Far is coming out soon. Aparna Nancherla is a comedian and general silly billy. Her sense of humor is dry, existential, and absurd, with notes of uncalled-for whimsy. Think a wine you didn't order. Her book, Unreliable Narrator, Me, Myself, and Imposter Syndrome, is currently available. She was also on my podcast for this book, but it was really cool to hear her talk to Hazel. You can hear Aparna as the voice of Moon on Fox's The Great North, or have heard her as the voice of Hollyhock on BoJack Horseman. You can currently watch Aparna in The Drop on Hulu, or as Dr. Pocha on Lopez vs. Lopez. You may have watched Aparna as Grace, the belabored HR rep on the critically acclaimed Comedy Central show Corporate. She also has a half-hour special on the second season of The Stand-Ups on Netflix, as well as appearances on Late Night with Stephen Colbert on CBS and Two Dope Queens on HBO. Other acting credits include A Simple Favor, Modern Love, Bob's Burgers, Crashing, Master of None, and Inside Amy Schumer. 
She's written for Totally Biased with W. Camus Bell and Late Night with Seth Meyers, as well as Mythic Quest on Apple+. Aparna was named one of the 50 funniest people right now by Rolling Stone. And in 2019, she was in a Super Bowl commercial with Michael Bublé for sparkling wine, nay, seltzer. In 2016, she released her debut album, Just Putting It Out There, on Tig Notaro's label, Benson Ball Records, and recorded a half-hour special for Comedy Central. She was also chosen as one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch that year. Aparna currently lives in Los Angeles, if you can even imagine. All righty. Gorgeous. Well, yeah, thank you again for coming. Genuinely appreciate it. Um, my name is Hazel Hayes. This is Aparna Nancherla. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have a little chat. little chat. A little chat about our work, about writing, about feelings maybe. I feel like sure. feelings are going to come up probably because they do. Yeah, relevant feelings. And um, read a couple of little excerpts and take some questions. And I believe there's people watching at home as well. So hello. Hello. Yeah, let's just, we'll just dive on in. Yeah. We don't know each other very well. We've, we met one time. We met one time. And this is actually our first actual probably conversation. Yeah, which, <laughs> which feels is, very natural. It's, a, it's nice. To, it's nice. Sometimes I've done these kinds of things with people I know very well already. And it's yes. almost harder because you're right. asking questions you already know the answer to. Right, 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 right. But I, in this case, I really, I really don't know. And we have not finished each other's books. Oh, <laughs> no. not fully finished because we're very busy women. Uh, yeah, but I thought we should just name, name it <laughs> instead name of it. letting people no, guess. No, for sure. I call, We did speak briefly. I called you the day to be like, I have not finished your book. Yeah. And she and was I like, said, I have not, I finished, have not your finished your book. book. But that's good. But so I was we're going listening to it on the ride over here. You were listening yeah. to me reading it? Because you read it and I it's do. so good it really puts you oh, in it thank you yeah. I feel like I'm way more Irish when I'm reading as well that, I mean I'm not so gonna lie it's a different, I, it's a different I love accent. an accent who doesn't who doesn't love an accent so yes your book which by the way it's one of those titles that like I'm annoyed I didn't come up with this oh. by myself <laughs> unreliable narrator and it's about imposter syndrome and I'm like that's so clever I wish I had thought of this but diving straight in the way that you the way that you talk about imposter syndrome is so real. It's I I found myself reading it being like, do I have this? <laughs> I feel like if I did, I'd be like, oh, hard relate. But instead, I feel like someone slightly on the outside understanding it more from your oh, do you feel like it's something you don't deal with? Not don't at all, mm. but definitely not to the levels that you are describing in yeah. the book. I think I've I think I've definitely had that feeling of like. I'm having it right now, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, you're sort of sitting in a room full of people looking and you're like, why are you looking at me? Like, what did I do? Yeah, I've had that thing of getting the job or getting published or yeah. getting the thing and sort of being worried it's not good enough still. Yes. I actually, no, this is, the, maybe I do have it now that I'm saying <laughs> I had a thing where my my publisher, so the Out of Love came out in the UK with a, a crowdfunding publisher called Unbound oh, because no one would have me. So I crowdfunded it and then it did well. And then Penguin Random House picked it up in the US. And I remember when I got really good feedback from them, from my editor there, especially Cassidy Sachs, great name. And she was saying all these wonderful things. <laughs> and then I convinced myself that they probably say really nice things about shit books too. <laughs> <laughs> Basically anything they're championing, yeah. they have to be positive. Yeah, so what that. I did was try to convince myself that my publisher is an idiot <laughs> so that I could believe that I'm not good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of just like... Yeah, it's very Groucho <laughs> Marx, you know? Like it, I would not want to be a member of any club. 
that would have me that as would a have member. me as a member. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I feel that way too. Where like I sold, I I was lucky enough to sell the book just based off of like a rough outline and mm. the idea. And it's like, why not write write a book about self doubt? You know, I'm yeah. like so good at it. I've been <laughs> dealing experiencing <laughs> it my whole life, and then you know, it turns out self doubt is not a very great collaborator because when I was writing the book I was like oh it seems like you really don't want me to finish <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of fair though like I honestly feel like it would have been more like I would have had more integrity to write a book about imposter syndrome and then mm. it just like is like half of it is blank you know <laughs> yeah there's like, so many jokes you could have yes, made <laughs> yes yeah and it's already a pretty funny book I was laughing out oh, loud reading you. it and I could kind of hear it in your voice too but yeah did you have to resist the urge to like not go for the bit all the time. I, mean, I think I addressed that right away. But then I was like, I can't keep talking about that. Like if someone actually mm-hmm. is like taking the time to read this, like I should <laughs> offer something besides the joke about yeah. how I do not feel capable of writing it. Yeah. How do you feel now that it's done and published and it is a thing in the world? Do you feel any differently? I don't know. As someone who has never, it's like my first book and I've, you know, I've had other things come out in terms of like, I, I do stand up and I've had, you know, TV sets come out or, or, you know, acting roles. And it feels something about a book is so personal that it Mm. feels like once it's out there, it does feel a little bit like, like you like ripped your heart out of your body. And you're like, what do you guys think? You know, like, <laughs> I have no idea what that's enough. I don't know what you mean. It's a completely like it's foreign a, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any notes? So, so I Any think, notes on yeah. my heart? On yeah. my soul? So I think I've had to like detach a little yeah. from the feedback because I think, you know, your relationship to something you write is always going to be different than someone who reads it. Absolutely. It Absolutely. Yeah. On the flip side of me thinking my editor was an idiot for liking the book, I will then do things like, <laughs> When I get a shit review, I go and look at books that I know are objectively good <laughs> and look at their, like I went, oh, for sure. I looked up like Joan Didion on Goodreads yes. and saw some people saying horrible things about her books. I was like, you're just wrong. I know. Which means they might be wrong about me. I know. I know. <laughs> you're like, if do. Margaret Atwood got a three, like I'm not doing yeah, so bad. Yeah. I got a one star review from a lady who did not like my use of the C word. Okay. But that's, I mean... That's Go has nothing to do with skill. Uh, ironically, she is. Uh, she is one. But there we have so. it. <laughs> That's- wait, wait, I have a question, though. Do you read your bad reviews, or is it just if you have Yeah, happened? I love them. What? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I get great mileage out of my bad reviews. Like, you, you, like to use them to turn them into something? No, or just-, just, just laugh at them. I just, like... Oh. <sighs> I don't know. I just, I've posted them too. Okay, like, because okay. there's a lot of like, oh, five-star review, four-star review. Aren't yeah. I great? And then every once in a while, I want to throw in like, here's a one-star. This bitch was bored. <laughs> one, of them, one of them was just two stars, bored. <laughs> All caps, exclamation mark. And I'm like, because you have to, you know, you take the good with the bad. No, and, that's you, and, good. And, and I'm not for everyone. And like, I always say, you know, like, I, I don't really like chocolate ice cream. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> audible <one> gasps. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I would prefer strawberry, but yeah, that doesn't yeah, mean yeah, that yeah. it's bad. So that's how I try I, and look at it. I think I'm fine with the like theoretical idea that I'm not for anybody, but I do not need to see it in print. That's fair. Yeah. Also, my bad reviews haven't been 
horrible. Okay. It's not like, you know, when we talk about, don't read the comments, and I know that you, you read your comments. I'm not sure. Why would you say that? <laughs> Apparently, I called you not sure. I'm so sorry. Um, we know each other really well. We, yeah, we're just around second name. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't really read comments on mm, videos, videos yeah. and that kind of stuff that go up now, because that, I think it's also like, if someone's, here's the thing, if someone has taken the time to read an That's entire true. book and they have thoughts on it, I'm like, that's valid. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna give that the time of day. But I do feel like the anonymous internet troll is a different person who I'm not. Yeah, gonna, yeah. You know, I'm really. also suspicious of anything that only has good reviews. <laughs> that makes me question it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like really? Paddington nobody too. Did You're like, like really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, nobody saw the No one no one hates misogyny. this bear. <laughs> this adorable bear. Something suspicious about it. Wait, I have a question, though. You're talking about Out of Love, right? Your first book in terms of it being crowdfunded and then... Yes. Okay. Do you feel differently about your next... Did you have a different process with your next book that's coming out? Yeah, hmm. very, actually. So the second novel is called Better by Far, and one hopes it is. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> How many times am I going to make that joke? Every event. Every, every event. Time. Yeah, it was a much... I think getting Out of Love off the ground felt so much more like a labor of love yeah. and, uh, and a kind of an uphill battle. And I was going out to publishers and every single one of them was like, but if it's told in reverse and they know the end, why will they keep reading? Yeah. No, thank you. So everyone said no to me. And that's when I went with Unbound, who, I, like I said, were crowdfunding. And yeah. It did. It felt really like, and not in a bad way. It felt like I really had a community on board. I went out with it and I was like, listen, guys, I have to crowdsource this. If you pre-order, this is how I get to make the book. And it did. And it, it, the, the sales were really, really good. And yeah. it just felt like there was this whole team behind me of like yeah, thousands yeah. of people who gave a shit. So this time around, I think was probably a more easier in one sense because Penguin were like, here's some money, go write a book. Yeah. But more more lonely, maybe a little yeah. more isolated. I kind of felt like I was just like squirreled away. Yeah. yeah. And like no one even really knows that like I'm doing this. And yeah. At the end of it, there'll just there'll just be one. Yeah. I wonder if the doing it with the crowdfunding kind of made it more communal or like just Yeah. yeah. And like it, it felt like people were invested in and it. waiting. Yes. And wanted yeah. it. Yes. I think that was the big thing. Cause with this one, I'm like, does anyone want this? Right. Have I have they forgotten about me am I does anyone care you know am I gonna am I gonna be locked in a room for all these years and then come out with a book and everyone's gonna be like oh who are you like I don't yeah 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 I think that was a scary thing about writing to a book for me instead of you know doing stand-up where the reaction is immediate I I was gonna ask if you're right there you're either getting the laughs or you're not you know if you're if you're bombing or you're doing really well how did that feel it felt like very scary and I think it's like you were saying like it kind of feels like if I'm not out there will people remember me yeah yeah I think that's a feeling kind of all of us have with how online, Probably. yeah, how online everyone is these days where it's like, if you're not posting, yeah. did you have that sandwich? You know? Did you have the sandwich? Yeah. If a sandwich gets eaten in the woods and no one's around <laughs> to instant. Um, but yeah, Aparna, by the way, is a very, very funny comedian oh, as well. You. I was also chuckling away at your, at your stand-up, just like two of my makeup listening to you in the bathroom just <laughs> laughing way but um it's a it's it's interesting how you that's something I wanted to ask actually bringing the comedy to the page yeah how did that translate for you because I kind of went from script writing into oh, a book did. okay and that's a more visual medium yeah. into this and you go from having your audience right there 
and being able to, I guess, perform the text yeah. into trusting that someone's going to understand it from a page or get, get the tone of it from a page. Yeah. Well, I knew ahead of time that the book wasn't going to be like strictly comedic. Like I knew it was going to be kind of a mm. combination of some stuff that's more serious in my life, just like with mental health and, you know, struggles with body image. And so I knew it wasn't going to just be like comedic, light, fluffy essays. Yeah. And so I, I was a little worried of like how to balance that seriousness with jokes because, I also felt like I couldn't write something without any jokes. So I often had kind of conversations with my editor that was like, does this feel funny enough? Is mm. it making too light of this subject? Like I, yeah, it was, it was kind of tricky finding that balance mm -hmm. sometimes. It's something I think about and talk about a lot. That's sort of the Nora Ephron thing of like yeah. owning your story. And yeah. if I, if I deliver it a certain way, now I'm not the victim and I didn't get my heart broken. I'm, I'm actually telling this funny story right. about this thing that happened to me and I get to tell it my way with my own ending. Yeah. Did you feel that? Because I know like what you talk about on stage, it almost feels, how do I put it? There's a flippancy yeah. to, to stand up mm -hmm. that you don't have. There's a vulnerability with a book and especially the topics that you're covering. You're talking about mental illness and eating disorders and body image and, and all that kind of stuff. Did you feel a catharsis in writing it your way? I think I thought I would. <laughs> um, okay. That was the hope. I think sometimes I just got more in my own head because I think you can sometimes go in circles with anxiety or depression where, mm. you know, you're like, but then why do I do this? Or like, why? why? And then you just kind of end up like a snake eating its own tail. But yeah. I do think I wanted to write a book versus, you know, put some of this stuff in my stand-up because like you're saying, stand-up does have you know, kind of the removal of its like setup punchlines, kind of mm, this neat mm. package. And it's kind of, there's closure at the end. And I knew with a lot of these topics in my life, like there isn't a neat ending. And I feel like with a book, you can kind of sit in that mm. ambiguousness more. But I yeah. was worried about how that would be received. How has it been received? I don't know, because I don't read any reviews. <laughs> of course. <laughs> by peers, by friends? Friends have been nice, but I think it is even scary to imagine your friend reading it and being oh, like, Oh, that's, that's more, that's yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. Because no, they're like, I, I, thought, yeah. I thought I knew this woman. And whoo. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's the thing of like, I would rather sing to 3,000 people than three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, it's just that intimacy of like having a friend or family, oh, family. Oof. <laughs> family reading your book and then asking you questions. And then in the new one, so in the, in the, in the new one, the protagonist's mother died when she was young. Oh, wow. And so I'm home recently desperately trying to finish the thing. And my mother keeps talking to me. Bless her. She's wonderful. I love her. And... <laughs> She's like, she walks into the room one day and just announces that I've killed her off. <laughs> well, I Did don't you know, Hazel, you killed me off in this one. Okay, one, they're all <laughs> fictional characters. <laughs> like, there's no two. That's it. They're, they're fictional. But you know, like, if, an, you know if an author's mom reads their book, they're going to be like, I'm, I'm the mom. I'm the mom. Yeah. The and she, you know, in many ways, very much is the mother yeah. in, in yeah. Out of Love. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hearing laughs over here. She is, and she isn't in other ways, but she saw so much of herself there. And that was lovely because it actually opened up conversations between yeah. us that I don't think we would have otherwise had. But yeah, she can't. I think the second one is weirdly at once more 
personal and also way more fictional. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's more removed from my life and yet the feelings in it feel almost more personal to me. But yeah, she can't, she just can't quite get that they're not real people. Yeah. Like I've killed her off. I'm like, I did, you're, it's, you're not her. I mean, I'm always doing that when I read authors like fiction books. I'm just like, that's, that's them. That's that thing. That's, them. that's that guy. But yeah, I was going to ask with your first book where you decided to write it in reverse, was that, did you know that from the beginning or was that a decision you made? No, that was, I had, so I had, I had l- learned to write sort of, I had learned to write with you're adorable. She's trying to get the content, guys, because if we don't get the content, we weren't even here. Yeah, um, exactly. As we how said, will they know? As we said. As we said. <laughs> how will they <Yeah>. know? <laughs> <laughs> like no one saw because you were one foot lower <laughs> I love uh-huh. it um what was the question <laughs> oh just uh, for out of a love if you the structure of the structure. it yeah yes sorry so I had learned to write with short stories yeah. and then I got into script writing for a very very long time so I was I was much more used to that and then I wrote this short story about a breakup. It was just supposed to be a short story. I never I never knew what it was going to be. It was just one of those times when it just has to come out. Yeah. And it wasn't a script. It just came out in prose and showed this story to various people, friends and my agent and stuff. And they were like, okay, yeah, bitch can write. Maybe could you do more? <laughs> and he was particularly interested because he was like, money, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. Book? Book deal? He didn't love them when I wanted it in reverse and no one wanted to publish it, but he's happy now. Anyway, yeah, I wrote this story and then it was that question of can you make that a book? Could you go away and maybe make that a book? And I said, down thinking about it was like I can but it felt so contained and wrapped up Mm -hmm. by the end of that first chapter they've gone through the breakup she's done so much of her healing work she's sort you feel by the end of that chapter like she's made that one cup of tea and she's ready yeah and that didn't feel like the ending of the book but it also didn't quite feel like a beginning I didn't want to move forward from there that just didn't really interest me so yeah I think one of the big questions I always say that like when you go through a big breakup or or anything you know you leave a job or an ending of a chapter you sort of reflect on it and you wonder was that good for me was that right you know particularly if it doesn't end well like was I happy there was you know were we ever happy together and there was all these questions sort of swimming around and so I decided to answer them instead and sort of then took the book backwards to do a sort of post-mortem on, yeah, on the, the relationship. relationship. And yeah, look at two people who had fallen out of love in a sort of slow puncture way, you know, because yeah. you often see in stories, it's this one big inciting right, incident right. or someone cheats or someone shouts or someone runs someone over with their car. Um, <laughs> actually happens for friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from that. He's fine, he's fine. He's Was really it an accident or on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, but so, and then I, so the next thing I did was write the second chapter to see what it would be like to oh, jump backwards. That, yeah that little step and then I wrote the very last chapter which is the beginning of the relationship and now I have a and b and then I had I I dotted about all over the place to get from there to there so it was yeah yeah I think I found it refreshing because I think in my book I kind of talk about how I feel like as a society we love like an arc that starts like with someone struggling and then ends with high oh we love it and how how that's like so often how life does not work. So I just, I'm so much more interested in stories of failure, like the in-between of figuring things out than the like resolution that Mm. I just, 
yeah, I found that really like refreshing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And same. I liked, I liked that bit when you were like, I'm interested in the failure. Yeah. You know, we see so much success and we, we you know, I'm interested in the person who came second or third, I think is what yeah. you said. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a more uh, tasty story. Yeah. To me. You can really kind of like sink your teeth into it a little bit more. Yeah. And I also think with success, sometimes it's like you think you want it. And I mean, obviously I'm not saying nobody should get it or like it's not desirable but you do get there and then you're kind mm. of like now what yeah you know? like oh it, absolutely it kind of can be scarier in that way yeah goals are awful <laughs> they're the worst because I, I I always think like you you set these goals like the really the big ambitious yes. ones the big yeah. big ones and I think you either don't reach the goal and then you feel crap mm. that you didn't reach the goal or you do reach the goal and you realize all your problems haven't gone away right as a result of reaching the goal so it's they're very tricky things yeah. and you have I, yeah I think it's taken it's taken me a whole lifetime of I guess setting new like a new relationship yeah. with goals you know and knowing that I'm going to put that there but when I get there let's yeah, yeah set expectations around what that actually is like even with this you know my first book's going to come out right and then they'll know yeah, yeah then they'll yeah, see yeah, you know and yeah. then all the movie deal will come yes, in and the yes. you know and then they'll want the second book or the third book and my life will change and I'll have so much money and no like yeah. none of that happened and it's great I'm not complaining I love that I got to write a second one right. but I think that was the level I needed to be yes. at was life will stay pretty much the same yeah and then you'll get to write a second one and that will be nice yeah and that's it <laughs> yeah I remember before my book came out someone was like giving me advice who had had a book come out and they were like it's not going to be as good or as bad as you think it is. Like, it's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. And sometimes that's like the worst thing to hear. You're like, fine. fine. There's my blood in it. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> my blood is fine. My blood's on the page. Yeah. Hey, grownups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery. Perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the cat in the hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Speaking of your blood on the page, would you like to read some of some? I can. I mean, speaking <laughs> to what we were talking about, I can read from the end sort of as an homage <gasps> to your book. Love. Okay, so this is from the epilogue. It's called, epilogue is just called I Tried. Um, so <laughs> I'll just read a little section. I wanted to write this book to fix my imposter syndrome. I assumed I could write my way out of it. But that's like saying I'm going to sleep my way through this plate of food. When you try to write about your core insecurities, it turns out that sometimes they get louder. It's like all those horror movies where you're not supposed to touch the old relics. You touch the old relics, the spirits get pissed. You try to fix the mental demons, the demons create a mosh pit on your sense of self. 
But there is something I learned in this whole process, an epiphany about epiphanies, if you will, and please don't, I implore you. They don't arrive on a schedule, and sometimes you're the last to know you're having one, because epiphanies can take years to sink in. Yes, of course, there are those moments that strike like a bolt of lightning with accompanying thunderclap, but more often there is no fanfare, and usually you still end up needing to relearn the lesson again. But hey, at least you remember it better the next time around, what with everything looking so familiar, like a dream you've had many times before. That's what I've learned about my own imposter syndrome. It's probably never going to really go away, but I can remember I've been here before. I'm late to most things in life. My own self-discovery had to be one of them if we're being on brand. This entire book has been an exercise in hesitation. I frequently felt as though the more of it that came together, the more of me that came apart. Yet here we are at the end somehow. Only there are no tidy conclusions, are there? Most everything I've written about remains open-ended in my own life ongoing battles that must be faced and negotiated without fanfare. I wish I knew another way to do it, but this looks like it's it. Beautiful. Yeah. It's so funny sometimes when you realize we, we could have been sitting here chatting about that for so long and you, you've already, you, you, you said it better already. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? No, 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 like no. sometimes someone just puts something into words and you're like, that was the feeling. Mm. That was, that was no. it. I just hadn't, I just hadn't quite hit on that oh. yet. But yeah, that's beautiful. And have you made peace with that? Like not? Yeah, I think at first I didn't, or I mean, I did with myself, but I think even in putting it out in the world, I sort of had that same feeling mm. as you of like, now people will really get me. They'll like read what I said and then they'll like finally get, but uh, you know, part of the book is about how I've always kind of felt like an mm -hmm. outsider. And I think it did, it made me realize that even writing about it isn't necessarily going to get, take that feeling away, oh, yeah. but it is going to, you know, hopefully connect with people when they read it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's the ups and downs. And it's interesting that you, you sort of said you didn't feel like you'd got the catharsis from it necessarily. Yeah, but I think I also romanticize what catharsis should look like. Right. Like We're I back want to the goals to be, again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want it to be grand and like sweeping and Oh, yeah. Cinematic. Fixed. Yes. You want it to be fixed yeah. by it. Yeah. You hear people talk about writing it down and then they're fixed. And yeah. Like, but where, where's mine? Whereas, where like, you cut? know, sometimes it's like a feeling like personal growth will be like, you're at lunch and you like look at an Instagram thing and you're like, I didn't feel bad. Wow. I'm better today. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. It's like two o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, but those are the little ways. Yes. Those are the things. Yeah. Right? I didn't feel bad. Yeah. It's such a huge thing. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I hadn't quite put it that way before, but with writing this, that was a similar thing with, I guess, looking back at past relationships and the regret and the yeah. resentment that you still harbor and the anger and all of that, I think having to get inside the mind of a character who sort of represented relationships I had been in, men I had yeah. been with, having to sort of get inside his skin and sympathize, I guess, because you can't, you can't write anyone, villain or not, not that I think he's a villain in this book, but you can't without really sympathizing and, yeah. and, and really getting inside the, the, the decisions that they make and why they make them. Right. And yeah, I felt by the end of it, I was looking back more fondly yeah. at people, not just relationships, but just sort of people who'd kind of come and go from my life and yeah. friendships that had ended or whatever, things that had ended on bad terms and just felt a little softer, I guess, yeah, about yeah. it. So that when their name did pop up, I just didn't feel quite as 
that. Right, like as charred. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't as uh, raw, I guess. Yeah. There was a, a, more of an understanding there for That's them. Amazing. Which, yeah, which I didn't expect. I think I expected a lot of like my own healing yeah. and a lot of more understanding about myself and my feelings. But like, yeah, even writing like the mother character, yeah. you know, like has kind of changed my relationship with my mother a little oh, bit. Wow. And even my, yeah, sister and yeah, everyone in it, I think, except for one person who's still... Um, do you want to read from your upcoming book i would love to yes so i have a copy of this one but i don't have a copy of the new book because it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. two people in the world have a copy it's matt haig and david nichols oh i made one of them send me a picture of him could i see her is she safe? <laughs> have you made her tea? He's like, I have not made tea yet. I will. But yeah, so I'm going to read from the new book, but not. It will be from a screen, which is uh, the only way I've seen it so far. I can't wait to have it in my hands. I'm also not sure how much to read, so I'm just going to start reading, and I will stop at a time when it feels like it's appropriate to stop. This is the very beginning of the book. It's uh, This chapter is called Till February, and I'm about to get way more Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Expect it. By the, end, by the end, I'll be back in full Dublin. I'm supposed to be writing a book, but instead I find myself writing to you. I prepare the blank page, ready to pour myself onto it, but all that comes out is your absence, which feels so much more like a presence. How odd that the language of grief is one of loss. People describe feeling empty, hollow, carved out, when for me, grief is heavy. There's a weight to it, a density. In Irish, we don't say, I am sad. We say, there is sadness on me. And we don't say someone is grieving, we say they are frivela, under grief. The phrase going into mourning literally translates as putting on a robe of sorrow. We wear our feelings, wrapping them around ourselves like cloaks that separate us from the world, and grief is the heaviest one of all. Today, unsatisfied with simply weighing me down, grief finds a way to slip inside me, filling me up like some tar-like creature that clogs my throat and lungs and crams itself into the cavities between my organs. You've only been gone a few hours and already I am turgid with the lack of you. I say you're gone, but you're not really, not yet. Your clothes are still hanging in the wardrobe. Your CDs are stacked alphabetically on the shelf above the stereo. Your squash racket is over there by the door. You said you wouldn't need it this week. You even left your passport here in the top drawer of your bedside table. It occurred to me just moments ago to check if it was there, and I must admit my relief at finding it. Not that it matters where you are, I suppose, if we won't be seeing each other anyway. It's just easier knowing you're stuck here too in drizzly dark Dublin where places carry with them reminders of me and not sitting at a table by some quaint town square in Paris perhaps or maybe Croatia. Yeah, that feels right, Croatia with its mild evenings, cobbled streets and local beer on tap. Local women too, all of them perfect in your eyes because you don't know them yet, haven't fought with them yet, haven't seen them sick or sad or suicidal. Perched on the edge of our bed with your passport in my hands, I picture one of these women approaching you with an easy smile all over town and oodles of sympathy for the broken-hearted boy reading a book outside her favourite cafe. I let myself linger on the scene for far too long. Right up to the point where you wake up, face down, ass out, legs tangled in her ridiculously white sheets. The whole scene is, in fact, impossibly white, bright to the point of overexposure. She opens her eyes, stretches her long limbs, one corner of her mouth curls up. Good morning, she purrs. Stop it, I tell myself, flinging your passport back in the drawer. He isn't in Croatia. He's in his brother's filthy flat in Lucan. Unfortunately, knowing a story isn't real doesn't make the feelings it evokes any less real. And so I'm left with all the jealousy and rage churned up by my own pathetic work of fiction. 
why can't I write an actual work of fiction? A real writer would spin this breakup into gold. A real writer would chew it up and spit out a novel so magnificent it would make all the heartbreak worthwhile. Cure it, even. A real writer would sell a million copies and buy herself a mansion paid for with pain. My shoulders slump forward, like my skeleton has suddenly vanished, leaving the vague shape of a human behind. I slide slug-like onto your side of the bed and instantly begin to cry. It's not a particularly loud or deliberate cry. My face doesn't contort or change. I just stare at the wall as tears flow involuntarily down my face like blood pouring from a wound. I hate these walls, these bare eggshell walls. I hate the potential I saw in them. Mm. <laughs> She's so sad. No, no, no. I just feel like I was so in the scene. Yeah, your writing is just so evocative. Thank you so yeah. much. It's so strange as well to know that people are listening to an audiobook and hearing my voice in their ears. I yeah. don't know why I can't get my head around this particular thing. But it's probably the nature of it, like the, the first book being so personal as yeah. well. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. I don't like it's so hard to put my finger on it. Like the idea that someone's like lying in bed yeah. in the dark, snuggled up. <laughs> And I'm there, like, in their right, head, in their saying, like, kind of intense shit. <laughs> <laughs> what would it your, will... like, 15-year-old self think? She'd be like, yes. She'd probably be delighted. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Have to, I have to do that regularly. Do you ever do the, what What, what would baby Aparna think of I do. I have now? such a weird relationship with baby Aparna, because I think she'd be like, who are you? You know? like <laughs> Really? Like, if I visited her from the future, she'd be like, oh, I don't know you. <laughs> but not in a mean way. <laughs> she was just on a on a different path. Do you think you guys would get along? Yeah, I think we just have to, you know, get warm up to each other. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think weirdly, I sometimes think about that interaction. I'm like, I feel like I'd get more out of it than she would. Yeah. Me you too. know what I mean? Me too. She was probably yeah. fun. She yeah. was probably kind of cool. <laughs> I see it like when I'm hanging with my nieces or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder was I like this? Because they're kind of cool. Yeah. And I look at my younger self a little negatively, you know, some of the time. So I'm like, she probably was chill. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she was exactly. probably absolutely fine. It's randomly popped into my head because we're talking about our younger selves. The thing. <laughs> The thing that really got me when you were talking about your imposter syndrome was how, so you had developed an eating disorder. Mm. I'm laughing and that sounds so mean. You had developed an eating disorder. Classic. Classic comedy. <laughs> and you you went to a facility of some mm. sort to get better. Yeah. And you felt like an imposter. Yeah. In the place. I did because I didn't, my case was not severe enough for me to be an overnight patient. So that like, really they're like, you can me. be a day patient, but because I didn't live the, like in that area, they were like, okay, we guess you can be residential because you can't commute yeah. too far. And I was like, I just love that you were like, oh. I just I, like I don't yeah. meet the criteria for be, it's not yeah. bad enough. Yeah, if only it was a more severe case. Yeah, it might be taken seriously. And it it was just so funny that I hadn't really thought about imposter syndrome in. I know. In the flip way. I know. Where we've all had that thing of like, well, I'm not that depressed. Right. You know, well, I don't currently want to die. So like, I guess I'm okay. I've definitely You're had that thought with, with it like to anxiety like, and depression where I'm like, oh, she, she wears her so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Such a better depressed. Yeah. Yeah. She's a better anxious wreck. Yeah. Than Which I I'm am. like, what the? Screwed up. She's monetizing it better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her, her joke about she it was merch. Funny. Yeah, oh. she's got anxiety. <laughs> I'm looking at Anna now. <laughs> you monetize your depression way better than me, babe. 
<laughs> you're you're my goals. <laughs> I feel like we're probably gonna need to wrap up just before we Yeah, it's just gone seven. seven. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.